Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want to welcome each and every one of you to another exciting, jam-packed, Holy Ghost-filled episode of the Do I Offend You podcast. My name is Carl Britt. I am your host. I am your truth teller, and we have got it going on all apostolic around this camp today. Super excited, and you know how easy I can get fired up about things. But today's episode, it just tickles me pink. I'm super excited to bring this episode to you folks uh, on a couple of different levels. Number one, let me just tell you, in celebration and recognition of Father's Day, I'm looking around my church and I'm thinking, man, I want to interview one of these fathers that are in the church. Let me tell you, it was not easy because everybody's qualified and... um, deserves to be interviewed for how they carry themselves. Uh, when it comes to mothers and fathers uh, and Holy Ghost-filled people in general, there's something exceedingly dynamic in how they carry themselves, not only as a person, not only as a Christian, but as parents, okay? There's just something about raising your child up in the way that they should go. So I'm looking around the church And um, I'm trying to figure out, hmm, who would I like to interview? Of course, I would like to interview all of them. But uh, since that obviously is not able to happen, I pick out Johnny Walker. All right. Johnny Walker is brother to Pastor Douglas Walker. And uh, this guy above and beyond in all areas of life from what I can see and from what I can tell. Great sense of humor. Um, extremely anointed. He can preach. He runs the music program. He plays various instruments. He's a soul winner and just an all around good guy. Uh, So I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe I'll ask him if he wants to interview for the podcast. And then uh, something occurred to me and it's this, I could just sit down and interview with him and talk about some of the things I noticed, or I can go a step further and get a real insight to Johnny And that is by not interviewing him and interviewing his son, somebody who is as close to him as can possibly be a true insider. And that is young Johnny Joe Walker. Okay, this kid's 11 years old and uh, I'm not going to let on too much right now. I'm going to play my interview with him for you folks coming up. Very excited about that. This guy's got a a great head on his shoulders. Uh, He is he is, well, hey, uh, Brother Ray Munoz, I hope you don't mind me using uh, the name of your podcast in this fashion, but I haven't met a youngster this kingdom-minded probably ever, okay? Um, he's just fascinating in all areas. Uh, he's a hard worker. He's got a sharp mind, and uh, he loves souls. He's part of the outreach program and the bus ministry, and uh, that's where I first noticed this kid. And um, I wanted to interview him about himself and also about his dad. Uh, So that is going to come at you here uh, just shortly. I'm going to be playing that. And then I'm going to back that up with a 35-minute segment. Now, let me just tell you, folks, you've heard on this podcast, I have showcased the preaching uh, probably two or three times of Raymond Woodward out of Canada. Okay, he is probably in the top five preachers, if you ask me. Okay, Um, he is dynamic. Now, his church laid down 
uh, in accordance to the regulations and ordinances uh, locally there concerning COVID-19. And for three months, they didn't have church. This sermon that I'm going to play for you folks is his first service back, okay, after COVID-19. And let me tell you, I, I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. It's an encouragement. The message really embodies the entire stance of the apostolic movement on where we are in things that are happening as far as the end times, persecution, uh, pressure and slander toward the church, and just our attitude about all of it. Uh, I thought it was perfect. I can't wait to play it for you. You're going to be blessed. I'm telling you, uh, you know, this is one of those sermons where um, I really was enjoying it. And then about the last 10 minutes of it, uh, I just started crying uncontrollably. It really touched my heart. I've listened to it now three times, and each time I just break down. It's just really, really a good message. So uh, that's what we're doing on today's uh, episode. We are going to recognize Father's Day uh, by interviewing young Johnny Joe Walker, and then um, we are going to play the message that is titled, that all you got is that all you got by raymond woodward all right let's go to the lord in prayer keeping our priorities straight i need his help today heavenly father lord jesus just come before your throne of mercy and grace the, uh, this afternoon heavenly father just want to lift you up and praise you and thank you for your sovereignty god that you are in charge and you orchestrate each and everything. You're in control of our lives. You're in control of everything. And that brings peace, Lord. Just that thought alone brings peace, God. And I thank you for who you are, Lord Jesus. I want to praise your name, exalt your name, and lift you up today. I want to pray a special prayer for the body of Christ, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. And just ask that you continue to comfort us and lead us and guide us, Heavenly Father God. Uh, Everyone at the sound of my voice, please, Lord Jesus, I pray, continue to touch them. Continue to use this podcast as we give you all the praise and all the glory for everything coming out of this podcast, Lord. You're doing such a fascinating job, and it's very humbling, Lord Jesus. We love you and praise you and worship you. And everybody said, in Jesus' precious name, Amen and amen. All right, so real quick before I forget, um, I want to say thank you so much uh, to Brother Jay Cartwright for the time that he gave us in the last episode uh, where we talked about the apostolic movement and their holiness and uh, their obedience to God and his word and how through holiness they are separated from this world. You know, it's it, it's. I was thinking about this today. If... You know, it doesn't, I mean, the Lord has told us in his word how he expects us to look. Uh, He wants women's hair uncut. He's against jewelry. Uh, He doesn't want women wearing pants or things that pertain to a man or things on a man that pertain to a woman. But, you know, just the fact that he asks us repeatedly to be separated from this world, from the things of this world, from their attitude, from the places they go, from how they use profanity in their speech and how they look. Just his request for us to be separated would be enough. I mean, when you look around, and I think I used this analogy in the last episode, if you could condense this world down to one woman, 
uh, you know what she would look like, okay? She would have makeup on, she would have earrings on, and she would have pants on, and now tattoos are the thing, and drinking, and carousing, and clubbing, and smoking, and cussing, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, promiscuity, and all these other things that go with it. And, you know, just the... Ah, Lord, help us. Okay, hold on one second, folks. My phone's ringing. I got to take this call, and I'll be right back with you. All right, praise God. We are back. Hey, so, uh, you know, keeping it live, keeping it raw, keeping it real around here. Um, I had to take that phone call. It was a collect call from a prison facility. Um, The gentleman's name is Mike Anthony. And uh, he, I've known him since the time when I spent uh, years in prison and I've always kept in touch with him. He runs the chapel there in the penitentiary. Uh, He loves the Lord. He's doing his best to do the work of the Lord. I would ask everybody to please remember the name Michael Anthony in your prayers. He's a lifer. He is never getting out of uh, prison. Uh, I'll tell his story here probably in the next month or so. Um, I had planned on it anyway, but uh, that was a call from him. But as I was saying, back to the lecture at hand. Um, so, you know, it you know it doesn't take us reading about how, let, let's take makeup, for instance, on women. Okay, we know that prostitutes wore makeup, the Bible says, and Jezebel, it, it, you know, wore makeup. So why would anybody that lives for God and is surrendered to him want to wear makeup knowing that you know Jezebel the Bible says painted her face okay and plus it's just the fads and the trends and the fashions of this world that we abstain from but you know just the fact that God asks us to be separated from the world okay and and not be even friends with this world we're certainly not going to get involved in doing things uh, you know, how they look, how they dress, how they talk, where they go, things that they do, their attitude, their looks. Everything has to be holy and separated from that. And I really appreciate uh, Brother Jay Cartwright coming on board the last episode speaking in about holiness. I thought he did a great job laying the foundation and um, it just, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, he's top shelf in my book. I love and appreciate you, Brother Cartwright, if you're listening. Thank you so much for laying that out for us. Um, that, you know, not only what holiness is, but also where it comes from in Scripture and why it's important for us to be holy. And, the, and how he explained how holiness does have a look to it. Uh, you know, women cut their hair, our women don't. They, they, The world's women wear makeup and pants, our women don't. And there's just a, a look to it. And I can appreciate that so much as I look around uh, at the fads and fashions and trends of this world today and how provocative uh, they are. Uh, it, it's absolutely crazy to me. But um, I want to say thank you so much, Brother Cartwright, once again. Anyhow, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't want to waste any more time here. I want to jump right in to my uh, interview with young Johnny Joe Walker. Uh, You're going to enjoy it. This guy is, he's five star all the way. Uh, No doubt he will be on the uh, podcast again in the near future. I really appreciated him and our time together. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further to do, I hope this blesses your heart. And uh, remember, after the interview with Johnny Joe, 
please stay tuned for a dynamic 35-minute uplifting, encouraging, uh, heart-touching message from Pastor Raymond Woodward out of Canada. All right, here we go. Lord bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so as promised, I am here with young Johnny Joe Walker from Second Chance Church in Yukaipa. And um, before I bring him to the microphone, I want to say just a few things. Uh, so initially, um, it was my idea to interview one of many great fathers in the church. It's Father's Day, so I thought I would do a little something for Father's Day. And uh, mind you, there are many good families in this church. Uh, and there were a few different um, people that I was uh, keen on interviewing, but none so much as Johnny Walker. He is the pastor's brother, uh, Pastor Douglas Walker's brother. He runs the music. He, he's a talented musician, a great singer, and he can preach. An all-around great guy with a good sense of humor. And while I'm talking about him, let me just say he is co-owner to Ascent Plumbing. And let me put his phone number out there, okay? All your plumbing needs, okay, by a good, apostolic, uh, honest, hardworking man. And aside from that, I know I've worked with his company, uh, and I can say that these gentlemen are so qualified, industrial or residential, it doesn't matter what your plumbing needs are, these guys are top shelf, okay? 909 446 0689. I'm going to do that one more time. Grab your pen and pencil. It's 909-446-0689. That's the number to Ascent Plumbing. Okay, so if you're in the Yucaipa area uh, or any county surrounding Riverside or San Bernardino, please uh, give that phone number a call and uh, Johnny Walker or Brother Travis McCarthy will be more than happy to help you with any plumbing needs that you may have. So initially, I was going to interview Johnny Walker um, on Father's Day, but I thought, you know, it's just going to be me from my perspective as an outsider, not in, you know, not in his family, uh, talking about some of the things I notice about him, such as his sense of humor. Okay, Johnny Walker's got a great sense of humor. I do love and appreciate it. But I thought, why not let me get young Johnny Walker, okay? And I want to say something about, but before I bring him to the mic here, I see him. He's sitting here. He's all anxious. He's ready to pull the trigger on this interview. <laughs> Hallelujah. This guy's 11 years old, had the Holy Ghost since he was five. He's running on seven years of the Holy Ghost. And I first took a real notice of his work ethic. Uh, last week, I worked with him uh, with Ascent Mechanical, which is uh, Brother Derek Lenz's company. Uh, and he does heating and air. And I watched this 11-year-old kid outwork everybody. Listen, I'm not just saying that because he's staring at me right now. This young man has got great work ethic. Uh, in fact, he's starting his own little business. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, I noticed him uh, also in bus ministry. Okay, so he's got a real passion for these kids that we bring to Sunday school uh, for Kids Zone on the Second Chance Church bus, which I am now a part of that bus ministry. Uh, but for the last couple of weeks, I've been riding the bus and watching this young man go after souls. Uh, he gets his little safety vest on, runs across the street, knocks on doors, uh, makes the kids feel real comfortable and has befriended all of them, puts them on the bus and makes sure that they get safely to the Sunday school program and back home again. Uh, young Johnny Walker, uh, he's a magnificent young man. 
Um, and it was my um, privilege and my honor uh, to sit here and interview with young Johnny Walker. You want to say hello to the Do I Offend You podcast? Hello. All right. So how are you doing today, young Johnny? doing good. Uh-huh. You rode over here with me on my motorcycle? Yeah. Did you enjoy that ride? That was fun. Uh-huh. Okay. In case the, the, the audience doesn't know, I got a ZX-10R, which is a Kawasaki 1000 uh, crotch rocket motorcycle a few months ago. Maybe, I don't know, midlife crisis I might be going through. I'm not sure yet, but uh, he's been anxious to ride on that thing. So I went and picked him up this morning and here we are at the church and uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about your father first and foremost, um, because that's going to be the focal point of the interview at least to start with. Um, I want you to tell us in your own words, and uh, just so the audience knows, these are not pre-prepped questions. Uh, I wanted to get this, uh, as you know, live, raw, and real, uh, coming off the cuff, all right, spontaneous. I'm asking these questions so we get the truth out of this young man. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Give me three things that Okay, let's make it more simple. Give me one great thing about your dad that you think and know in your heart about your dad that you might not even share with him, that you might not even tell your dad all the time. But what is it about your dad that 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 stands out the most? If you if you had one thing to say to a live audience about your dad, that one thing that you would want them to know about your dad, what would it be? It would be like he goes and sits down and at dinner and someone and the waitress comes and he has a flyer in his pocket and he's like, Hey, we have a church and we just finished the building project. And, uh, I would like to invite you to church. And then she's like, where do you live? And then they're like in Riverside or Shamrock or whatever. And then he's like, we could take a, a bus and pick you guys up. And they were like, yeah, sure. And then my dad got like two people to come from doing that. Okay, that's awesome that you would say that. Okay, especially because of the times that we live in and the drive for evangelism and winning souls that um, has really enveloped this church through the spirit of God, Uh, door knocking, outreach, bus ministry. And so that's awesome that you would share that with your dad, because uh, in in case you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, the Walker family, uh, they are a big family here at Second Chance Church, and they are so... um, goal-oriented in soul-saving, okay? They are out to win souls for Jesus Christ. Um, They know what they are put on this earth to do, and they have opened themselves up from uh, the elders to the youngsters and everyone in between. They've opened themselves up to the work of God in a mighty way in soul-saving. And so um, that's awesome that your dad would do that, just out to eat on a casual afternoon at a restaurant and pull a flyer out and invite people to church and get people to come to church so that they can hear the truth uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this. What don't you like about your dad? What's the one thing you could say that is a pet peeve about your dad? Um, He's funny, but sometimes he plays rough. And then he says like, if I'm trying to play around, he's just like, go to your room. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. That's a, so if that's the worst of it, we're doing good. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So, cause I know he's got a great sense of humor. I know he does. And you guys got a very close knit loving family. In fact, he and your mom are celebrating their anniversary 18 years now. 
yeah. 18 years of marriage. They're going to the beach for a week. And that's a well-deserved vacation for the work that they put in. Um, but real quick. Um, so uh, before I get into your bus ministry and also the, the business that you're now opening up, he's 11 years old, folks, uh, entrepreneurial and getting ready to open up his own business. We're going to talk about that here just briefly. But uh, real quick, um, I want to ask you. Uh, so we know that you've had the Holy Ghost for seven years now. Okay. Um, and we obviously know that, you, that your uncle, uh, Pastor Douglas Walker, is a great influence, not just on you, but everybody in this church, uh, his family and everyone in this church, and obviously everyone that he comes in communication with or um, anyone that he rubs shoulders with. I know he's extremely influential uh, in the things of God. So let me ask you this. Uh, when it comes to your dad, okay, and we know he has a heart of um, the ministry of reconciliation, right, and outreach, and he's got a love for souls. What is it about your dad, spiritually speaking now, that you most look up to? Um, I most look up to him when he's playing the piano and the transferring from piano to organ or piano to preaching and just the fact, just seeing him doing all these things, it's so cool. That's awesome. So his talents, he's very versatile. Yeah. Okay, and we know that. We've heard him preach, and he is actually very dynamic. And uh, uh, when he talked about focus uh, in the last message that he preached, that still stays with me today. So, And I do, too. I see him play the piano and the organ. I see you singing along. What instruments do you play? Uh, I play the piano and organ. Um, I'm learning a little bit of bass. Uh, but most, or like right now I'm taking piano lessons and it's getting very good. It is getting very good. Okay. So we, it ain't going to be, I already see you fill in. I see you step up there from time to time and handle it. And I think that's super awesome that you guys are, um, so involved in the work of God and the running of the church. Um, it's extremely exciting. Uh, I want to let the audience know, um, just briefly, that um so how many siblings you got let's talk about that real quick. i got two other siblings okay and what are they both girls no uh, both girls yep. both girls and you're the oldest i am the middle child you're the middle child and who's the oldest uh clarissa she is taller than me she has beautiful blonde hair and it goes past her knees when it's all the way down. That's right. Really cool. I, I, I like it when she wears her hair down, too. That's her glory, okay? And you should flaunt your glory if you're a young lady and you got it like that, okay? Um, so let me just say this real quick, young Johnny. Um, one of the reasons that I was set on interviewing you about your father is because the Bible says, uh, train your child up in the way that he should go, and they shall not depart from the truth. Okay, um, so when you look, and I know I'm a father of three daughters, when you look at um, a man's children, you can really get a sense of that man when it comes not just to, you know, not to just being disciplinarian, um, but in their influence on the character of that young person's life, whether it be a, a male or a female. And um, both your parents, your mom and your dad, uh, when I look at you kids, all three of you, and how you have um, really sold out to God, how you have been used, and you, you, you're letting that desire in your heart to save souls um, 
be manifested in your work ethic toward the things of God. And it's such a privilege for me to see that in you. Um, and while that's awesome, you're not wholly responsible for the way you carry yourself. Your father and mother both have a lot of influence in that direction. And so I want to commend your father, especially on Father's Day. Uh, Johnny Walker, if you're out there, if you're listening to the podcast, I want to say, Lord bless you and your family. I hope you really enjoy your uh, vacation and your anniversary uh, with your wife. You deserve it. So um, real quick, before we close the topic on your father, I want you to let the audience of the Do I Offend You podcast know um, what it is overall, the number one thing that you love most about your dad. And we're not going to talk about anything that he does for the church, just in your, in his relationship. What's the number one thing you love about him the most? Uh, like if he, if he, if my mom and Clark, oh, my sisters are gone, he'd take me like golfing or bowling and we just have a blast together. It's like a father and son day. That's awesome. That's really cool. So he's extremely interactive with you. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's awesome. You guys are buddies. More than father and son, you guys are good friends as well. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And you should aspire to be everything that your dad is and more, right? Or to be great like the pastor preached yesterday morning. I thought that was a great sermon, by the way. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, well, before we get to your business, um, that you're just now starting, right? You're just now starting your own business, your own weed whacking business. Okay. Um, I want to talk real quick about the bus ministry. Um, so we had about 10 or 12 kids come last week. Um, we've had as many as 20 or 25 show up on the bus, right? On a good week. And we're facing coronavirus and all the things that are trying to hold us down right now. So um, it just is what it is. You take the you take the the good with the bad, even though it's not really bad. There is no bad, even if you're bringing one soul. Okay, then God knows what He's doing. He orchestrates it all, and He's in charge. What's your favorite thing about bus ministry? My favorite thing about bus ministry is just hang out with the kids. Just there's something about just seeing them getting on and off the bus. It's like like we're giving them food. And they're all happy when they're getting in back to in the bus to go home because they've been fed and they got a taste of God. Right. And it's just amazing to see how kids actually start tearing up when Brother Jonathan is up there preaching. Duh, and he's another one on my list to interview, Brother Jonathan Pierce. And he runs that Sunday school program. God bless his heart. He is awesome. He is such a sweet guy. Um, so that's awesome that you, you do ever um, – uh, do you ever think about where these kids are coming from? No, I don't really care. I just, if I have a time to play with them, I'll play with them. If I see them at a park, I'll spend the whole day with them. Right, like, right. That's amazing. right. That's right. So some of them probably come from homes that aren't what you would call the best. Yeah. So, you know, some of their mothers and fathers are in and out of the penitentiary. Uh, perhaps there's drugs or abuse of some sorts going on. Um, but when they get that couple of hours to come to Second Chance Church and be a part of Kid Zone, um, and of course you represent a big part of Kid Zone uh, and bus ministry, um, I, I I noticed that too. That when they are leaving, they are they, you, you can tell they've had a couple hours of bliss. They've got to get away from any little troubles they may have had at the house. Uh, and come and be a part of what God has for them in the Sunday school ministry. And uh, so I want to commend you, young Johnny Joe, um, for your work ethic 
um, not just uh, in business, but also in the Sunday school. And more importantly, in the Sunday school ministry, um, you do a great job. You are, believe it or not, you inspire me big time. Okay. So um, the plan is that I'm going to be driving the bus um, when I'm needed. Um, uh, Go and try to get my license here. Uh, shortly when the DMV decides to let us get back to doing the driving test. And uh, right now I have my written permit and and it is my joy and it's going to be my honor to be a part of this bus ministry um, and the outreach program as well. But uh, I want to let you know, Johnny, that you influence and inspire many people more than you know about, okay? Because people are always watching you and they should watch you because you're a great young man to watch. So praise God for that. Um, let's get into your business. I'm going to put you up on stage here. You're going to take over the microphone and I want you just to tell us about, um, and then I'm going to interact a little bit because there's some questions I have about your business, but, um, why don't you go ahead and shoot your own advertisement out there? Tell us a little bit about your business. Okay. So I started off mowing my mom's lawn and I did everything. I picked up trash. I, uh, weed whacked and trimmed the sides and and I mowed the middles and mom's and I go around pools and my mom said I did a great job and then she said you should start your own business I was like that's a good idea so I was working and working and working with Derek and then I had time to start the business so what happened was I went to go get a weed whacker from Home Depot and it is a nice weed whacker Nice. And it's a two-stroke. It's it cuts good and what it cost you? It only cost me $192. So 200 bucks roughly. Yeah. Good investment. Yeah, it was not bad at all. Good investment. But um we we went we or I went back in uh or so what I did first when I after I bought my weed whacker, I made flyers. Okay. And the little square one or uh, rectangle ones, and they have my picture, my mom's phone number, so if they, they'll call her if it, you want the number. Listen, we're going to get to that. So, in fact, why don't we do it now that you've mentioned it? Okay, so why don't you give the audience, and you have roughly about uh, maybe 2,600 listeners that have listened to the podcast. Why don't you shoot your phone number out there and the name of your company, Okay, and then um, I want to ask you a couple questions about uh, the idea for your business and and some of your goals, some of your short-term and immediate goals that you have for the company. Go ahead. What is the number? Uh, The number is 909-654-2542, 909-654-2542. Nice. And what's the name of your company? Uh, JJ's Lawn Motors, not lawn moat not lawn mowers motors motors oh so jj's lawn motors okay m-o-t-o-r-s all right okay so let me ask you this question so you uh what what ideas do you have for advertisement and getting your business to be known aside from word of mouth aside from the podcast here which i hope we can bring you some business young johnny joe especially as a good worker as you are i've witnessed it with my own eyes um you are a great worker um what ideas do you have for getting you the word out um just passing out flyers like like uh passing out flyers in our church like nice. outreaching nice. like if someone answers the door i'll probably take out a church card and just hand it to them. Very nice. 
Very nice. So Flyers, so we are um, maybe going down to Yucaipa Boulevard there, down there on the strip and a couple telephone poles. Maybe staple a couple flyers down around there on some telephone poles too as well. And uh, so here's a question for you. So you get a phone call and um, Mrs. Jones wants you to come down and weed whack um, with your new weed eater all her front and backyard. But aside from the weed whacking, she's got weeds that need pulled and she's got her back lawn that needs mowed. What do you do about that? I would... Uh, just say thank you for uh, allowing me to do this and then get to work and then maybe just for thanks, I'd probably pick up some trash with, for her. Nice. So and go then, the extra mile for sure. So yeah. so you're available to cut lawns as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're, you're, you're basically going to run a full-blown landscaping uh, uh, business at some point, That's right? Cool. Okay. All right. That's awesome. So you got to start somewhere. You're 11 years old. You're starting out with uh, JJ's Lawn Motors. And um, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters out there, if you can hear us, uh, we want to repeat the phone number one more time to you. If you have any lawn care needs whatsoever, uh, we want you to give young Johnny Joe Walker a call at 909-654-2542. Awesome. So uh, you're pretty excited about this this uh, business, aren't you? Yeah, I already had like three calls already. Oh, yeah. See, that's okay. And I hope that we can get some more calls for you uh, airing it out over the podcast. Um, we're super excited about your life, uh, watching it develop in the things of God and in the things of business. Um, the Bible says, do uh, all things as unto the Lord. And what that means is when you go out and, and you cut Mrs. Jones' uh, lawn, you're doing it as you're doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and I like that you threw in that you'll pick up the trash or do what, go the extra mile, basically. And uh, that's the type of spirit he has, ladies and gentlemen. I've watched him work. And when I say that he was out working some of the full grown men there on site in, in putting in um, air conditioning units, uh, going up in the attic and doing the duct work and all of that. This kid has got work ethic. He is really something. He is a joy. Um, he is, he's just, he's, he's just like his daddy. I'm going to say that you're just like your dad in so many great ways. Okay. Um, and we appreciate have, having you on the podcast and taking the time. Um, so I want to wrap it up. I want to ask you uh, real quick to let the audience know for us, um, and maybe you have this answer, maybe you don't. It's okay to say, I don't know if you don't know. Have you given any thought to what you might want to do later on in life pertaining to the things of God, such as being an evangelist, maybe be a preacher or anything like that? Has the Lord laid anything on your heart in regards to that, young Johnny? Yeah, um, so I don't, I don't know if you guys know her, but Carissa Waters, uh, she was a great woman. She is so nice, uh, and she held her own Bible study. And she let kids start preaching, and she allowed me to preach. And I out, and three girls were sitting right there, and it was Clarissa, Avi, and Grace, which all are, are all walkers. Mm -hmm. And they're just crying and crying. I was like, oh wow, like they're actually getting touched. And I I I started feeling heartbroken. And oh. and Jesus was sitting right like right here, right, and he was. He was saying like that's good, dude. That that was good. And when I'm done, we had we had a prayer, and we prayed for like an hour or two. It was amazing. That's awesome. And so you know uh, as well as I know that it wouldn't go over like that 
if uh, God didn't have it uh, in future plans to use you in some way or another concerning touching of lives and maybe preaching perhaps. Okay. Of course, you know, that's all, that's everyone's aspirations. We all want to see you young men grow up and preach and save souls and work for the Lord. And you definitely have all of those qualifications about you. You have the desire about you. That's awesome that you were able to stand up and um, minister uh, to those three ladies and Jesus. I love Jesus. Lord bless you, Jesus, if you're listening. Um, so uh, this is going to wrap it up, my interview with young Johnny Joe Walker. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for your time. And um, one last word, Johnny Walker, why don't you go ahead and uh, sign off. You can say anything you want, uh, whatever's on your heart. Go ahead and take the mic. Okay. I don't really have anything on my heart, but if you guys want to come and just call if we'll if you'll just tell us where you live and we'll give you a flyer if you want to come we'll pick you up on the bus and i hope you have a good time here amen that's awesome what number can they call um i don't it's the bus how about this 619-392-5313. That's the Do I Offend You 24-hour podcast hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to send your kids to Kid Zone, which is really a terrific program here at Second Chance Church in Ukiah, please give me a call and I will help uh, facilitate their uh, ride to and from church on the bus or wh wherever they live. We can uh, make sure that they get away to church and they can come and meet young Johnny Joe Walker in person. So Lord bless you, young Johnny. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. We're going to jump on the motorcycle now, ladies and gentlemen, and head off to McDonald's and get us a Big Mac. Or what are you going to have? A Big Mac. Like a Big Mac. That's what we're talking about. Lord bless you, Johnny. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciated your time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for that young man right there. Uh, Brother Johnny Joe Walker, thank you for your time and letting me interview you, sir. Uh, he is top shelf. Let me say that his consistency, his dedication uh, toward the things of Sunday school and outreach and bus ministry are just beyond me. Uh, I can't say enough. It's a true anointing, a true touch from God. Uh, and you can tell by the desires of his heart that that is so. Uh, there are a lot of youngsters in Second Chance Church that are Holy Ghost filled um, that are just like Johnny Joe Walker, that they are movers and shakers for the kingdom of heaven. And it's a joy and it's a pleasure. And it really does excite me to see these youngsters going after it, man. When you look around at these 11 year old and 10 year old and, and, and even kids younger that are in the world today. And, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto is all they care about. And uh, the things of this world are what they're being raised in. But there's something about God's people. All right, this this thing called holiness and and loyalty to the things of Jesus Christ and his word are absolutely superb. They're divine, they're heavenly, and watching the group of people known as the body of Christ uh, facilitate their lives according to the word of God, it's it's absolutely mind-blowing sometimes. And, and, and you know, uh, Johnny Joe Walker, let me just say, I could have interviewed uh, all of the kids your age there at Second Chance Church. It's They're all worthy of an interview. I just happened to uh, grab you and uh, spend the time with you. Uh, but I want to say that to all the youngsters at Second Chance Church, 
that are involved in the things of the Lord. Lord bless you. We're continuing to pray for all of you guys and girls. And uh, thank you so much for your hard work and your dedication. And uh, to Johnny Walker, you are doing such a great job with your family. All the Walkers, if you know the Walkers, if you are a part of the church, if you've been acquainted with them uh, in any way at all, I'm sure you can attest that they are a great bunch of people, fine folks, uh, workers for the kingdom of heaven. Uh, And, you know, each, every one of them, they just bless me in a different way. And I'm grateful for the Walker family and what they contribute and what they do for the kingdom of God. So thank you so much. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that touched your heart. I hope that blessed you. Um, Without any further to do, I'm going to be jumping right into uh, the message that is titled That All You Got. And it's by Pastor Raymond Woodward. Let me just say this message. I'm telling you what, you want to get fired up, uh, you know, please make sure you listen to it in its entirety. It's only 35, 34, 35 minutes long and it packs a punch. It's very exciting and um, it represents, uh, I think it represents wholeheartedly, especially through the times of coronavirus. Uh, the attitude of the church. Okay. And so this message that he's preaching, it's his first, um, his first sermon that he is giving with his entire church back in the sanctuary. And it's quite exciting now toward the end of it, a couple, cause I YouTubed it. So a couple of ads broke in, uh, but I dismissed them as quick as I possibly could. Uh, so please bear with me. All right. Keeping it live. Uh, here at the Do I Offend You podcast. And by the way, real quick, before I by, before I turn it over to this message, uh, you know, it, the, the response for this podcast has been completely overwhelming, okay, for my testimony and, and, and for segments and different episodes of the podcast. Everybody continues to pour in their support. And um, if you don't know it, there is a place where you can leave a review, um, if that's something you'd like to do, and it don't even got to be a good review. If you got constructive criticism, I'm up for it. Um, but uh, I want to say all glory, every bit of the glory goes to Jesus Christ. All the praise uh, and honor goes to God for anything concerning my life or this podcast. Uh, because if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I wouldn't be here. Uh, this would not be going on. So I just want to testify of his goodness and his mercy and his greatness. Uh, like Pastor Walker preached um, uh, Sunday morning, God is great. His greatness. I'm telling you what, he's a good God, but he's a great God. Okay. And there is a difference. Let me tell you. And uh, in my life and in this podcast, he certainly has been great. And I got to get this uh, clicked over to the message before I break down and cry on this podcast. Something that I've purposed not ever to do. Praise God. All right. Lord bless you, folks. I hope you enjoy uh, this message. I'll be back afterward to close up the show and leave us with the word of the week. The rumble in the jungle was an historic boxing event in Kinshasa, Zaire, which is now the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It happened on October the 30th, 1974. And that fight pitted the undefeated world heavyweight champion, George Foreman, 
against challenger Muhammad Ali. More than 60,000 people attended the stadium event, and an estimated 1 billion viewers, about a quarter of the world's population at that time, about a billion viewers watched at home by television, as the underdog Ali won by knockout, putting Foreman down just before the end of the eighth round. The fight grossed an estimated $100 million in today's currency. That would be half a, a, a billion dollars. And it has been called the greatest sporting event of the 20th century. Now, at 25 years of age, the younger and stronger foreman had superior punching power. He was the overwhelming favorite to win against Muhammad Ali. However, as the second round began, Ali began to lean on the ropes and cover up his face. And he let Foreman punch him on the arms and on the body while the ropes kept absorbing much of the impact. And as a result, over the next moments of the fight, Foreman exhausted his energy, throwing punch after punch that either missed entirely or at least were deflected away from Ali's head. Meanwhile, as Foreman's strength waned due to the large number of punches he threw, Ali took every opportunity that when he saw his way clear, he would shoot a strategic punch straight to Foreman's face, which was soon visibly puffy. Muhammad Ali would later refer to his strategy as the rope-a-dope. Because he was on the rope and Foreman was a dope, I guess. They, they didn't call Muhammad Ali the Louisville lip for nothing. In the weeks leading up to the fight, he taunted George Foreman publicly every chance he got with lines like this. You think the world was shocked when Nixon resigned? Wait till I whoop George Foreman's behind. This one became world famous. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. George thinks he will, but I know he won't. Whenever those two fighters were locked in clinches, Ali constantly talked in Foreman's ear. He kept baiting him every time they'd come up close and those fists would cease for a moment as they struggled to move away from each other. He would whisper or shout or talk in his ear and bait him to throw more and more punches. And an enraged George Foreman, he responded by doing exactly that. Some observers thought Ali was being horribly beaten because he kept kind of falling back on the ropes. And they worried that they might actually see him get killed in the ring. But by the fifth round, Foreman began to tire. Ali continued to taunt him by saying, they told me you could punch, George. Many years later in an interview, George Foreman observed, quote, I thought he was just one more knockout victim for me. Until about the seventh round, I hit him hard to the jaw. And then he held me and whispered in my ear, that all you got, George? And then George Foreman said, I realized that this ain't what I thought it was.
Today marks our first service back in our sanctuary after three months of restrictions. During that time, we've battled a pandemic and flattened the curve and social distanced and stayed at home and self-quarantined. We've preached to cameras in empty auditoriums and worshiped online at home and in our parking lot. And we've all felt a bit frustrated and anxious and helpless in these unprecedented times. But I came to you with a word today. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are sometimes persecuted, but never forsaken. And we even get cast down a few times, but we are not destroyed. So to the devil and all the forces of hell and anybody that's listening, I'd like to say that all you got, we're still here. That all you got, we're still serving Jesus. Yeah. The devil thought he would knock us down. All he did was knocked us to our knees. And we're still praying to God and serving God and loving Jesus and worshiping Jesus. And that's not going to stop us. But it's more than just the coronavirus, isn't it? There's a violent spirit that has been let loose in our world. Legitimate protests have turned into riots and looting. And the media has stoked the fires of hatred and division. Political correctness has infected our beautiful country with an anti-Christian, anti-moral, anti-God agenda. And as you look around, nation is against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Ethnicity against ethnicity. And everywhere you look, There are famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. The human race, quite frankly, is in serious trouble in 2020. But I have a word. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now already it is in the world. But ye are of God, little children, and you have overcome all of that because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So to the devil and hell and anybody listening, I say, is that all you got? We can survive this. We can have revival in this. We can reach the lost in this because it's not going to stop us from serving God and preaching the gospel. That all you got? But it's more than violence too, isn't it? The adversary of God's creation is actually the mastermind behind all these horrific scenes you've been watching in the media. He's manipulating people with crazed emotion and carnal perversion and crippling addiction. He prowls around literally as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It is a treacherous thing to live in the end times, this close to the coming of the Lord, when the awareness is so low and the stakes are so high. This is the era of casual, uncommitted 
Christianity. It is the season of astonishing signs of the times that would have kept our elders preaching at us for weeks, but no one even notices them anymore. But in the midst of all that lethargy and apathy, in the midst of all that backsliding and apostasy, I have a word. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Listen to me, devil, if you can hear my voice. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. So what are you going to do about that devil? If we'll give Jesus everything, what can you do? That all you got? Three brave Hebrew boys faced down the most powerful ruler of their time. Refusing to bow to his image, refusing to follow the crowd, refusing to yield to threats, refusing to succumb to fear, and refusing to surrender God-given convictions to peer-driven pressure. And their words echo through the corridors of time and history. If it be so, if we die, if you're going to throw us into that blazing inferno, if it be so, we got an announcement for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Our God, whom we serve, he is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. Either way, we're getting out of here. If we burn to a crisp in the furnace, you can't touch us. And if God delivers us, you still can't touch us. So one way or the other, either way or the other, we're getting out of your hand. Can I announce to you and to the spiritual realm that either way, we're going to be okay. If we go to heaven, we're great. And if we stay here and serve Jesus, we're going to survive. So either way, we're fine. But if not, if God doesn't come through, if God doesn't heal the way we think he should, if God doesn't do what we requested, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. That all you got, king? A furnace? Really? That's not stopping us. Is that all you got, devil? The threat of panic and anxiety and fear? You think you're going to scare us by threatening us with heaven? Are you stupid? Is that all you got? One lonely, hurting man faced down crushing losses, crippling sickness, a critical wife, and less than compassionate friends as he sprawled in pain and agony on a dung heap and scraped his oozing sores in a vain attempt to find relief from the searing pain. He cried until his eyes were dry, his voice was gone, his heart was broken, and his faith was shaken. But then he straightened his back as much as he could. And he dried his tears with filthy 
stained hands. And he said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand. If I'm not standing after this, my Redeemer is still going to be standing after this. If I don't come out of this the way I hope, my Redeemer is still going to bring me through. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body in a grave somewhere, there's still coming a day that in my flesh I shall see God. And I'll see him for myself. My eyes will behold him and not another, even though my reins, my body, my flesh, my bones are consumed within me. My God is large and in charge. He is in control yesterday, today, and forever. He has not failed. He's not sick. He's not scared of the coronavirus. And he's not scared of everybody that's talking about fear and panic and pandemonium. God is in control of our lives. That all you got? A little bit of sickness, that all you got? I don't like sickness. Sickness scares us. We get concerned. We've got precious people in our church that we're praying for, interceding and fasting and praying that God turns their situation around. But let me announce to you, we're going to get an answer one way or the other. And as far as I can read any kind of signs of the times, we're all going to be together in heaven before very long anyway. So we're going to trust God when we don't understand God. And we're going to follow the one instruction that we have in the word of God. And that is pray for healing, pray for healing, pray for healing. But God heals either way. God heals both ways. So sickness, is that all you got? My missionary friend, Steve Willoughby, he left us on February the 8th, 2013. He was two years younger then than I am now today. He had watched his beloved wife, Barbara, succumb to cancer in a Singapore hospital four years earlier in the month of August after she waged a 12-year battle with that dreaded disease. And his own cancer had by then robbed him of his mobility months before he ever passed. I was in Singapore, used to walk down to the front row of Chinatown Point, that huge auditorium with the big theater slope floor. And I would go there after every service, just as soon as I finished preaching or we finished praying. And I'd sit down beside that lazy boy chair where he had to sit. He couldn't stand by then. And I would just let him talk and pray and minister and preach a little and whatever he wanted to do. What a great man of God. And in the middle of his own battle, in the middle of his own struggle, Steve Willoughby said these words. Satan, devil, Lucifer, whatever you're called, your name represents destruction, death, and disease. You kill, destroy, maim, wound, hurt, murder, and slaughter. You are heartless, soulless, without love, mercy, or kindness. Your name represents deceit, deception, and dishonesty. You are a con, a liar, a cheat, and a counterfeiter. You're a fraud, a fake, a pretender, 
and a phony. You are the propagator of pain and poison. And you don't scare me. Because you are not the God of me. You are not the Lord of me. You have no authority in my life except by permission. You can't kill, hurt, or destroy the eternal part of me. Because I belong to Jesus. He is my Redeemer, my Rescuer, my Restorer, and my Savior. He is my Lord by choice. I choose Him and I reject you, Satan, and every everything about you. And as for this Jesus, I trust him. I love him. I love his will. I love his ways. I love his truth. I love his doctrine. I love his holiness. I am confident in his love because his love never fails. It never ends. It is forever as promised. And in the name of Jesus, there is peace, light, love, and joy. Jesus has all power. He has dominion. And you, Satan, you never get the final say. Never, ever. That all you got? Jesus is greater than you ever thought of being. Our dear friend, Elder Vernon Bustard, left us early Friday morning after his own battle with cancer. And we will have his homegoing service on Wednesday afternoon, and we will miss him terribly at CCC. He was a good and godly man. He supported his pastors, and he loved this church. He was a beloved husband, father, grandfather, brother, pastor, and elder. And while he was always gracious and always positive, he didn't like being being in hospice care any more than you would have. He kept saying over and over, I want to go home. Home to mow the lawn and tend the garden and fix the car. Home to look after everything and look after Judy. Home. He kept saying it over and over. And once they finally relaxed the restrictions, I got to go in every couple of days in that sunny little room at hospice house. It's a beautiful place. The staff there is tremendous. And we laughed and talked and prayed and worshiped. He would have said it this way. We had fellowship. And he never stopped talking about going home. But somewhere in the midst of it all, I don't remember the visit. He shifted gears on us. He was no longer talking about their neat as a pin property outside Fredericton anymore. Judy and I both tried to change the subject, but he was not having it. And when we would protest a little and say, well, we want you to go home with Sister Judy, he would say, but this is what we live for. Home. This is what we live for. This is what he preached all those years. Home. Death is certainly scary, but there's nothing scary about home. And no matter how much the devil threatens, and no matter how many victories or battles he may win, he cannot take away our hope of home. This is the last scripture I read at Brother Bustard's bedside just after he slipped the bonds of this earthly existence and headed home. 
For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. There is nothing down here that can tarnish or diminish or rob me of my crown over there. There is nothing powerful enough on this earth to prevent that. I stand here in this room with many of you that have lost loved ones. But please remember, we didn't lose them. God took them to heaven. He took them home. You talk about today. We're so excited to be back in a building on a Sunday morning in the month of June. We stood, we cried, we smiled, we applauded, we praised God. Can you imagine that final day when all the saints of all the ages get done with the virus of sin down here and we walk in to heaven and we see Jesus sitting on the throne and we see our loved ones. You talk about welcome home. You talk about a great day and there's nothing hell can do about it. So on behalf of every loved one who's gone on, hey, devil, that all you got? Death, that all you got? The grave, that all you got? No, no, Jesus has the keys to death and hell and the grave. And we're headed for a welcome home celebration. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> This is an apostolic service. You can praise God through a mask if you want to. That's perfectly okay. But would you lift up your voice and would you give Jesus a great praise in this room? You may not be able to touch us, but you can touch him. You might not be able to feel a touch from us today, but you can feel his touch in the sanctuary right now. Huh. Music team, come on back. <laughs> oh, that felt so good. We need to back up and do another wave. They're talking about the second wave of coronavirus. I don't know if we'll get that. I'd like to see a second wave of worship in this service right now. How do you take your coffee? For most Americans, it's with cream and sugar. But if you... Somebody say it to nobody in particular, to everybody around, and to the devil himself. Say, is that all you got? <laughs> we have not been together in this building for three solid months. And with all the restrictions that still exist in many ways, it would be easier to sit home and watch church online. And yet, here we are. Many voices are telling us that this is the new normal for Christians. Stay home, 
be safe. Practice your faith from the privacy of your home and the comfort of your couch. And yet, here we are. Many churches have been irreparably damaged in attendance and finance by not having in-person services for three months. Some of them will close, unfortunately. Our giving is up dramatically over last year. You folks are incredible. Our missions giving is up significantly over last year. That's God's faithful people. Oh, churches, they're not going to survive. And yet, here we are. And as for attendance, here we are. Many people expect that social distancing will set harsh new parameters for church gatherings, making worship awkward, stiff, and cumbersome. And yet, here we are! Oh my! <laughs> Some experts, and my goodness, haven't we had an influx of experts lately? Some experts even expect church as we know it to die. After all, look at everything that is against us. But I have a word. What shall we then say to these things? If God before us who or what can be against us ah, oh my you can stand I'm going to close I will confess that Facebook usually doesn't make me cry. It has made me very angry. It has sometimes amused me, although that is seldom. It has made me shake my head, or as the young people would say, SMH. But it doesn't really make me cry very often. But when I posted that, I sat at my desk and the tears wouldn't stop. Because we're back. We don't know what the future holds. None of us really know what even tomorrow holds or next week or next month or next year. But if God before us, 
who can be against us? There could be tears and loss and sickness and pain or even death. But Jesus is going to be with us and He's going to see us through. A virus? Devil? Really? Is that all you got? We're still here. that i'm telling you what that was right down my alley uh for such a time as this uh for what's going on in the world and um uh, for all the things around us all the uncertainty and all the fear mongering and all the everything everything the, the the way the world is just going crazy and the moral fiber is unraveling before our very eyes i just really appreciated that encouraging word and you could tell he's so excited to be back in the sanctuary with his people praise god for him please continue to pray for the uh, community church in canada there uh, pastor raymond woodward's church um, i want to close the show out um, with the word for the week and um, it's simply this it's found in ephesians chapter 4 verse 5 Uh, and, and, and the reason I chose this verse is because this apostolic message, this is the, uh, you know, the apostles doctrine is the doctrine for every country uh, in the world, all nations. Okay, this is the gospel for all nations, whether they know it or not. And the Bible says in chapter four, verse five of Ephesians, that there is one Lord, one faith and one baptism. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to be a part of this awesome truth and not only be a part of it, but to be completely and madly and head over heels in love with this truth. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. And, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm glad to be a part of this awesome Holy Ghost filled apostolic movement. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I hope you enjoy your week coming up. I will be with you again. I'm still trying to track down Pastor Walker. I want him to do a segment on speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Uh, he is, uh, you know, COVID's coming to an end. Things are reopening. And um, he is having to uh, go here and there. And he is on the go and busy, as we all know. But I'm trying to pin him down for an hour or so. Uh, that he could bring an awesome episode our way concerning speaking in tongues. One of the things that separate uh, this movement from all other denominations and religions in this world. We keep it Bible from cover to cover. We keep it truth. And uh, praise God. Thank you, each and every one of you, for joining and tuning in to this episode of the Do I Offend You podcast. One more time, that is chapter 4, verse 5 in Ephesians. It says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that's the Bible, and that's the truth. Music.